Praise the Lord. Amen. Yes, we are. The new calendar journal is out. And just in case you are wondering, you know, uh, volunteers, who are those volunteers, as Pastor Grant have said, is for those who have served regularly, regu regularly are, serving, are serving regularly, at least on a monthly basis, all right? And uh, your names will be on the volunteers list. Please check at the counter. And of course, it also includes all leaders of the church, all right? If you are in the main leadership, you know, and a committee, you are definitely included. We just want to bless you so that you know what are all the events that are coming up even for next year. Praise the Lord. Last weekend, a team of us went up to Taiping and uh, to minister in a full gospel assembly, uh, Pastor Bernard Tay's church. And Pastor Bernard was the camp speaker for us uh, this year. And when he was ministering in our camp, uh, in Penang, uh, this year he was so amazed with our worship team. You know, for every services in the in the hotel, he saw new teams. You know, new phases, and he wondered, "Hey, is our church full of worship people?" You know, and uh, so he was so impressed, and he was so touched. You know, and he he wanted to invite the worship team to minister there. And sure enough, a team of us went up there. Fourteen worship team members, mostly from the young adults, and I tell you, it was a powerful. A Saturday service that we had there where the worship team just took over and Pastor John ministered the word of the Lord and we had a very powerful, wonderful time and I ministered on Sunday. And it was a testimony from the mouth of Pastor Bernard himself, you know. He has seen many, many worship teams, you know, and different, different teams that have been there. But he says, our GT worship team, they are the best. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. We humbly accepted his compliments, you know, and of course, he highly acknowledged our hymnsmen who have been there, you know, many, many times. And so, praise the Lord that we can be a blessing to that church and the Lord willing even to other churches uh, as well. And uh, now, this is a Christmas season. And so, this morning, I'd like to share a Christmas message from a very different perspective. And... Uh, <clears throat> I'd like to share from a text in the Gospel of Luke. If you just turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 6 or 7, but I'll just read verse 1 first. It says here, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Luke the historian recorded for us a very comprehensive record of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he started with the headline of the day. And that was the headline that I have just read. And it came to pass in those days that there, were, there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus. If there were newspapers in the ancient Mediterranean world in those days, this would have been the, the deadline. A law, a decree that was passed 
by a Roman emperor that will affect the entire world. That headline would appear in the newspapers of Jerusalem, Athens, Iconium, Alexandria, and of course in Jerusalem itself. All the news broadcasts will be filled with this headline. It would grab the story, the attention of the people about this new law that has been passed by a Roman emperor. It will be the discussion at every round table. It will be the talk at every coffee shop. Little focus on the Roman emperor. Not a baby. Luke focus on Rome itself, the center of power. Not a manger. Luke focus on the prospect of what this law meant to all the people. Not an insignificant birth. Here it was. He set the stage for all to see. A law that will affect the movement in the nations. It was set into motion. People will be, from, from this day onwards, people will be traveling back and forth, back and forth in different places. And it included a couple by the name of Joseph and Mary. A couple that was pledged to be married to one another. A couple from Nazareth, staying in Nazareth at that time, but whose hometown is in Bethlehem. And so the Bible tells us, continuing on down in verse 4, and Joseph also went up from Galilee, everybody say Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, everybody say Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Everybody say Bethlehem. You see, just in one verse, in verse 4, there was Galilee, there was Nazareth, there was Bethlehem. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Places. So many places that are mentioned even in this verse. For some of us, those are foreign places. We cannot imagine it in, in our mind. Selangor itself is big enough. Some of the places we don't even know. What more? A foreign country so far away. But let me take you and lead you into those places Significant places where God showed up and where God fulfilled His purposes. Not just for this couple, but also for our lives. God's place for your life. And I pray that by the end of this service, you will know God's place for your life and where you want to be in order to enjoy of the blessings of the Lord. You see, there is a principle of divine placement in the Bible. Many times we miss that out. We, we miss out a lot of the workings of God because we don't understand the principle of divine placement. 
To understand it, let's go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. The Bible says what? The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there He put the man whom He had formed. What is this divine placement? You find that God, right from the beginning in the Garden of Eden, He created the place first, the Garden of Eden. Alright, a very blessed place indeed. And then only He created man. And then He placed man in the garden. The word place comes from the Hebrew word nata, which basically means He planted. He literally planted Adam and Eve right there in the garden. That's the place that God has destined for them. And God has a purpose for them in that garden as well. He placed them in that garden for a purpose. And there begins to roll out the principle of divine placement. You see, there is a place that God has for each and every one of, our, of us. Uh, there is a place where you can enjoy of the protection of the blessings of the Lord, our God Almighty. And you have to be found in that place. And normally these places are not of our own choosing. It is God who places His people there so that He can accomplish His purpose and bless them in that place. There are many examples in the Bible. For example, a young Hebrew was there with us in Genesis 41 verse 12. And, he, and the, the young Hebrew actually refers to Joseph in prison. While he was in prison, even there, it was by divine placement. And when the, when the butler began to share with Pharaoh, hey, while we were there, a young Hebrew was there with us. And because of that, because Joseph was faithful even in that prison, God elevated him to become the second most powerful person in Egypt. He was there. He did not try prison break. But he was there. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen. There I will provide for you, Joseph said. When you, as long as you're in Goshen... I will provide for you. It is almost as if God is speaking. It must be there in Goshen, not somewhere else. And in the tabernacle, God will appear. There, I will meet with the people of Israel, and it shall be sanctified by my glory. God says, my glory will come down, but not on any place. There is a place called there. A place called there. And where is that there? It was in the tabernacle, all right, in Exodus 29, verse 43. And when Moses was, 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 was wanting to see the glory of God, God says, okay, you will see my glory. But I will manifest my glory in a, only in a specific place. In Exodus 33, verse 21. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place. There is a place. I will show my glory at the, uh, 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 on, the, on the cleft of the rock. I will show my glory. And Moses saw the glory of God. And when the whole land was struck with famine, 
There was a place, a safe place that God has for, the, for, for Elijah. And that place is called Zarephath. Arise, go to Zarephath and dwell there. God even specified to Elijah where he is supposed to dwell for that period of time. And he says, there I will use a woman. There I have commanded a widow there to feed you. But Elijah must go to Zarephath and not somewhere else. That's where God will feed him in Zarephath. Jeremiah has a message from the Lord. Or God wants to speak to Jeremiah. But God instructed Jeremiah, Arise, go down to the potter's house. It must be the potter's house. Not to the cobbler's shop. Not to the tetare shop. It must be the potter's house. And God says, there at the potter's house, my word. I will give you my word. You will deliver my word. But God does not reveal his word yet until Jeremiah was there at the potter's house and there the revelation begins to flow even through Jeremiah. And yes, Psalms 133 verse 3, talking of Mount Zion, for there the Lord has commanded his blessings. A place called there. Not just in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament. A place called there. Oh, in this important story of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Where shall it happen? Where shall the disciples see him? He has already designated a place. Go to Galilee. Go to Galilee. There I will show myself to you. Only in Galilee, not somewhere else. And the disciples went there and they saw the resurrected Lord. But when it comes to Pentecost, the command is given. Do not depart from Jerusalem. It was in Jerusalem that the Holy Spirit will be poured out. Now too many of us try to be clever. We go to Jerusalem for the resurrection and we go to uh, Galilee for the Holy Spirit. It doesn't work that way. God says, for the resurrection, I will appear. I will show myself in Galilee. You will see me there. But for Pentecost, it must be in Jerusalem. Do not depart from Jerusalem. Now, for various reasons, God has chosen those places. And so while, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place in Jerusalem, in the upper room. And the stage was set for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And friends, brothers and sisters, there's going to come a day, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And where is it going to be? Mount of Olives. Mount of Olives. And in that day, the second coming of the Lord, after Armageddon, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives which faces Jerusalem on the east. The second coming of the Lord, He will set His feet on Mount Olives. Watch out. This, is not happen this hasn't happened yet. It is going to happen. 
The armies of the world will converge there, do battle against the people of God, and unless the Lord comes, Israel would have been wiped up, annihilated, but He will come and set His feet on Mount of Olives, and He said, in fact, the Bible says, the, the mountain will be split into two, and there will be a new Jerusalem in that sense, a new topography that will be created. Amazing prophecy from the Word of the Lord. God has designated those places. Those places. Three important events, and it's all there. Places. A place called there. A place where God's purposes shall be accomplished. A place where there is provision, protection, and empowerment of the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. So we see that the place is as important as the promise. Mary had received the promise of God. You shall bear a child. You shall even call him Jesus. Everything was said. But it is not just the promise. The place is also mentioned in the Bible. Although when the angel announced to Mary, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to Joseph, they did not know about it as yet. But it was prophesied already in the Bible. So the Bible says when, on that day, when they, when they went to Bethlehem, in order to obey even the decree, the law that was set, to register... In Bethlehem, because Joseph is from Bethlehem. I believe that the law, the timing of the law was given in such a way that maybe you have only one weekend to sign up. Maybe you have only one week to sign up. Everybody must go back to their hometown to sign up, to register. And so they got no choice. Even though she was almost due, they have to make that journey down to Bethlehem. And it was there at that precise moment, according to the timing of God, the Bible says, so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Where was the there? Bethlehem. Bethlehem. And was already prophesied in the Bible, the place called there. Micah in chapter 5 verse 2, 700 years before the birth of Christ, already prophesied. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be a ruler in Israel. And who is this ruler in Israel? Jesus Christ. Was he, did he appear, did he come out? You know, first time in this world, in Bethlehem. No, it says, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. The pre-existent Christ. His going on has been from of old. He has been there from the beginning at creation, everlasting. But He will appear where? In Bethlehem. And where is Bethlehem? Sorry, this pointer is green in color, so you can't see. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's all the green background as well. 
Or, okay, I can show you right here. Bethlehem is right here, okay? And uh, just about five miles south of Jerusalem, not very far. But what a difference between these uh, two places. Jerusalem, the holy city of God, well developed. Everybody wants to be in Jerusalem. Bethlehem, although just five miles down, is a, is a uh, dry, arid place and a small a town of a very small population. And it was said that in AD 1, uh, one, uh, one, uh, one, one AD, there was maybe only about 1,000 inhabitants over there. And where is Nazareth? Nazareth is way up there. And so for Joseph and Mary to make that journey from Nazareth down to Bethlehem, about 90 miles. Now for us, 19 miles. Hey, you can reach, you know, in just one hour. Less than one hour by car. But in those days, they don't have cars, all right? They have to walk. Have you tried to walk 90 miles or not? For us to walk, you know, to, to, to maybe a shopping mall nearby, we want to park our car as close as possible. To walk one block or so is too far already, Right? You pray so hard. God, give me a parking space right beside the mall. And when God answers, oh, oh that's the greatest thing that has happened to me in this year. <laughs> but they have to walk. They have to walk. And, and, and a pregnant person walking 90 miles. And sometimes, well, in many pictures, you see Mary on a donkey. You know, and, and that's not a very comfortable way to travel as well. But God says, it must be Bethlehem. Jesus cannot be born in Nazareth. It must be in that place called there, Bethlehem. Why Bethlehem? I won't go into all the details of Bethlehem here. You can go back and check for yourself. It was the place where Joseph, 12 sons, 12th and final son was born in Bethlehem, Benjamin, son of my right hand, Jesus Christ, at the right hand of God. It was there that Ruth found her redemption. Yes, Christ, our Redeemer. Not just Boaz, but Christ, our Redeemer King. And it was there, the hometown of David, the city of David. It was there that David says, outside of Bethlehem, oh, I desire for a drink from the well of Bethlehem. And out of Bethlehem shall flow the rivers of living water for us. Yes, Bethlehem. You can find God in unexpected places. Nobody expected Bethlehem. The Savior must be born in Jerusalem, the holy city, the happening place. But when God wants to, want to, want to come onto the world stage, He chose Bethlehem, unexpected. Nobody would look for a saviour there. Now, you businessmen, you understand it very well. When you want to launch a new product, where will you launch? In Kuala Lumpur or in Alostar? Or maybe in Kanga. No. You want to launch, you launch it big. You don't launch in a small place. 
But that's exactly what God did. You can find God in unexpected places in your life. You are in a place and you think, God, is, God wouldn't even show up here. Hey, don't bet on that. God will show up in the most unexpected places in your life. Even in prison, even in those places where you are wrecked so many times over, God will show up. God is not like a man who chose the glamour and, and the spotlight. Wherever you are in life, if you know that that is the place that God has for you, cheer up, brothers and sisters. He will show up. Amen? He will show up. He will show up. Not only is the place as important as the promise, but you find that great things come from small places. Great things come from small places. God often works in quiet, obscure, or hidden ways and places. Yes, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. But after that, Herod was after him, wanted to kill him. So being forewarned in a dream, Joseph and Mary took him to, they, they, uh, to Egypt. They fled to Egypt. And then when Herod died, the angel appeared to them and says, it is safe to go back now. So they went. But they did not go back to Bethlehem. Instead, they went back to Nazareth. Nazareth is the hometown of Joseph, where he has his trade there as a carpenter. And it was there in Nazareth that Jesus spent the major part of his life. For at least 25 years, Jesus grew up where? In Nazareth. Of all the places that are here, Jesus could have chosen Hebron, Mount of Olives, Jericho, Mount Gerizim. But no, he chose to grow up in Nazareth. Why Nazareth? Nazareth is just a small place up there in the north. But he would spend 25 years there growing up. Nazareth is so insignificant that when Nathaniel met Jesus Christ, his question in John chapter 1, verse 46 is, can anything good come out of Nazareth? That has become proverbial. Can anything good come out of Alosta? For those of you who do not know, I'm from Alosta, okay? <laughs> And look at our 93-year-old Prime Minister. He's from Alosta, Kubang Pasu. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Can anything good come out of wherever place? You can just fill in the blanks. Can anything good come out of it? They despise Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And the answer is yes. More than you can ever think or imagine because God works in unexpected ways, yes, and great things do come out of small places. 
insignificant people all can have a great impact. Extraordinary, extraordinary things can come out of ordinary people when they are in the right place in the hands of Almighty God. Hallelujah. And so there he was in Nazareth. That's where Jesus grew up. But the prophecies of Isaiah is so accurate. Right? Isaiah tells us not only you know, where Jesus Christ is going to be born, where he's going to grow up, and even what he's going to do, where he is going to minister. It's all there in the Bible, actually, all right? And so uh, the Bible tells us also in Isaiah chapter 9 where Jesus Christ is going to minister. And this is captured in Matthew chapter 4, uh, verse 2 to, to, to 7. <coughs> Although Jesus grew up in Nazareth, He tried to do some miracles there and preach the gospel of the kingdom. But guess what? The people rejected him. That's why he said, no prophet is accepted in his own country, in his own place. And after Jesus Christ was rejected and the Bible says when John the Baptist was beheaded, Jesus left Nazareth and went up to where? Galilee. He went up to Galilee and where did he go? He went up to Capernaum. And Capernaum is on way, way up on the north. Way up on the north of the Sea of Galilee. And that became his base of operation. Most of the things that Jesus did was around the region of Galilee. Not not, not down here where everybody, all the religious leaders who are focused only here around this region. But Jesus chose for the most part to minister way up there where nobody would go. It was a dark place. Neglected. If you want to make a name for yourself, you would want to go to the big places. Many years ago, we have a one, one sister who has a very good voice and, and, and her, her, her ambition is to make it big in the music industry. And so one day, she just came up to me and said, she's going to Taiwan. I said, and I was surprised. I said, why, why are you going to Taiwan? She says, if I want to make it big in the music industry, I must break in to, into Taiwan. She's Chinese-speaking, you see, you know, so she sings a very good voice, sings sing Chinese songs. She wants to break into the Taiwan market. You want to be a prophet? Hey, you must break into Jerusalem. But Jesus did not do that. He went way up north in Capernaum, of all places. Why did he do that? You see, great things can come from small places. What happens in Capernaum? We'll come back to that in a little while. God has a place for you. God has a place for you. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor that. <clears throat> yes, for every person in every situation in this life, and he has a place for you for all eternity. Coming back to Capernaum. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee. 
Leaving in Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Manasseh. Way up there. Capernaum in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. It was already, God has already designated those places even where Jesus Christ is going to minister. And why would he choose to minister there? You see, he's not haphazard in his ministry. He knows exactly where the Father wants him to be. And so the Bible says, already in the area of Zebulun and, and, and Naphtali, way up in the north. Zebulun, what is this place? Zebulun and Naphtali are two of the tribes of Israel, two of the sons of Jacob. And Jacob, before he died, gave his blessings to the, to the children, to his children. And it is not just the desire of a parent for the, for the children whom he knows very well, every one of their characteristics. He did not just say according to what he knows, but rather it was a prophetic revelation, a prophetic blessings that he gave to his children. And the blessing that he gave to Zebulun is this, in Genesis chapter 49, verse 13. Zebulun shall dwell at the seashore, and he shall be a haven for ships, and his flank shall be toward Zidon. Zebulun shall dwell at the seashore. What kind of a blessing, a father's blessing is this? You don't see any blessings here except that, well, he shall dwell in a certain place. He shall dwell by the seashore. He, he is given an address, that's all. That's the blessing of Jacob even to Zebulun. And Zebulun at that time doesn't even know where that place is. But the blessing is found in an address, a place to stay. He could have rejected that place and said, No, I want to be great. I want to be prominent. I want a famous name. But Zebulun accepted. Did not deny, did not fight against. He accepted his place. And guess what? When you learn to accept the place that God has for you, he, he begins to bless and prosper. And he shall be a haven for sheep. And that's what Zebulun did. Zebulun and Naphtali, by the seashore of Galilee. You see, being near the seashore, they begin to suck the wealth out of the sea. Where God has placed them, they suck the wealth out of the sea. And there are riches in the sea. There are riches on the sands of the seashore. They begin to use it for building materials and all that. Friends, wherever God has placed you, it may be a Zebulun, it may be a Naphtali place, but you can suck the wealth wherever you are. People may not see it, but God will grant you wisdom and insight. The company that you are in, the land that you are in, the place that you are in, the career that you are in, you can suck the wealth out of that place. And God will bless and God will prosper and God will make you great. Somebody say, Amen. Hallelujah. Don't say, Ah, oh, yeah, this one, nobody wants to be here. One. You heard the story of a salesman who went to Africa selling shoes. And he went there, you know, and said, Oh, he came back with the report. Oh, I cannot sell shoes in Africa because nobody wears shoes there. So he did not sell anyone, any pair of shoes. Another salesman went there. 
And wow, he was amazed. He came back with a report and said, give me, you know, uh, uh, tons and tons, you know, uh, uh, cargo loads of shoes because nobody wears shoes there. I can sell them. It depends on how you take it. Suck the wealth out of that land. And God bless Zebulun because of that. But at the same time, you know that being up in the northernmost part, you know, it was a very dark area. Isaiah talked about it in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, very dark places. There's a darkness over in that region. And that's why when the Messiah comes, he says, a great light has shined upon that land. A great light is now shining in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. And Jesus is our great light. Somebody say amen. Jesus is our light. That's why Jesus Christ needs to come there because he says those who are well do not need a physician. It's only those who are sick that need a physician. Those who think that they have the light, they do not need the light. But those who know that they are in darkness, the light has come. And great is the light that is shining upon them. And praise God, Zebulun, Naphtali, Galilee, they received the light of Jesus Christ and how bright is shown. Most of the miracles of Jesus Christ were done in the region of Galilee. People despise Galilee. When Peter on the day of Pentecost stood up and preached the gospel, the people were amazed and they asked the question about those who are filled with the Holy Spirit and preaching on the day of Pentecost. Were not all of these people Galileans? Hey, they have a concept of Galileans. Galileans are uneducated, uncouth, not wealthy, fishermen. That's all. But when Peter stood up and preached, they were surprised. You see, that's a concept they have of Galileans. But God chose to shine the light there. Yes, great things can come even from small places. Question is, where is your death? Where is your there? See, there is wherever God has you or has directed you. And when you are there, brother, brothers and sisters, you'll be blessed. Being in the right place will release the blessings of God in your life. Many of us may have the promise of God. God will bless you. But brothers and sisters, you have to be in the right place. When you are there, God will bless. That right place may not be a comfortable place. On the other hand, that right place may be an easy place, wherever it is. In my life, I have to be very careful where I am. And actually, my life is very simple. I just want to be where God wants me to be. Always seeking the direction of the Lord. When I was in Bible school, I was already in Sagambut as a student pastor, just helping a pastor there. And lo and behold, after that, he resigned and left the church to me. I don't know, hates and tail about pastoring a church. But God used me there for two years to build up the work. We had a great time there. But before I graduated from Bible school, six months before, I already prayed, Lord, where do you want to meet me to be after Bible school? And the Lord just gave me one word. Go up to the north. North? Where? I wasn't sure. 
I just know I have to go up north. And I obeyed. I was in Butterworth for a while, and after that, I was in Penang. And Penang, oh yeah. I spent most of my uh, uh, six years of my life there, and it was one of the most glorious times in ministry. We did many things. That was a breakthrough in the church and in the island and even for the nation. After that, I went to Bible school or, or further my studies in, in, in America. I came back. Lord, when I came, when I came back, I still asked a question, Lord, where do you want me to be? I thought that naturally I would go back to Penang. But God indicated to me by a series of events that that, that door is closed. And so on that day when I was driving my, old, my white, old, blue, Nissan, Bluebird, I think. <laughs> Nissan Bluebird, very big one, you know, very big one. Bluebird, you had a Bluebird? <laughs> Man, it was, a, it was a guest guzzler, actually, you know. But there it was, so driving past on that Penang Bridge. God literally told me, burn the bridge. I got no petrol, I got no bomb, I cannot bomb the bridge, bridge. But it was the bridge of my life. It is the moment I saying, God is saying, your time in Penang for that period is over. And I wept, you know. And I just drive past Penang Bridge and still not knowing where to go. Landed up in Bible school for one year, teaching, it as, uh, teaching there and as an academic dean. And then the invitation from uh, uh, Glad Tidings came for me to be uh, the, 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 the senior pastor, you know. And I thought, okay, all right. You know, and God was already showing me to get out of Bible school already. It's just a matter of where. And then the invitation came. There were other invitations as well. All right, not just from Glad Tidings, but I just felt about Glad Tidings. I said, okay, maybe I'll be there for three years. And so I came into Glad Tidings thinking that I'll be here for three years. Three years, yes. At that time, it was so long, but now it's been 26 years already. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, where is your dad? And I've seen the blessings of God, just being obedient to be where God wants you to be. You see, in the Chinese, for the Chinese mind, there are five points in a, in a, in a compass, not four points. For the English mind, it's north, south, east, west, right? <clears throat> for, the, for the Chinese, it's Tong Si Nan Pei. For the Chinese, it's not north, south, east, west, you know, it's east, west, south, north. For some reason, their direction is very different. Right, it's east, west, south, north. And so, there is a fifth point in the compass that is very important. And that fifth point in the compass is where you are. Because without the fifth point, north, south, east, west, or Tong Si Nan Pei, doesn't mean a thing at all, right? But it's where you are that is very, very important. So, where is your dad? Friends, the blessings of God will flow when you pray and when you seek the place of the Lord. You know, it may be anywhere, all right? And, uh, and, and, and your success is linked to a place, the place God assigns you. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are strategically placed. <clears throat> yes, right here in this church, right here in Patalanjaya or Kuala Lumpur or in the Klang Valley, Right where you are in your married life, in your home, right where you are working, you are strategically placed. And when you are there, being in the right place, will release the blessings of God. And so my brothers and sisters, discover and make your place a haven. Just like Zebulun. 
Alright, nothing to look at in the beginning, but they make it into a place of heaven. Make your place a heaven. Whether it be for ships, for business, for commerce, for education, anything. Make your place where you are a haven. And where God, where God has placed you, it shall become a haven. Sometimes people think, oh, anywhere, doesn't matter. I can, I, can, I can choose to go to any church even. No, you don't choose your church. It's where God has appointed you. And when you are in that place, God will begin to bless you, your life, your family, your ministry. That's where the blessings of God will begin to flow. Alexander McLaren says, our duty is to stand at our post. However difficult our surroundings and unfriendly our company, and if we are sure that He has set us there, we may be sure that He is with us there, and that there we can live the life and witness for His name. Perhaps some of you are still not sure where is my there. Let me suggest to you two places that you can aspire to be. There is a place. It's called the broad place. The broad place. Where is this broad place? 2 Samuel twenty-two twenty. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. David penned this. When he thought about the broad place, he has just been through a rough time. You know, and there were enemies all around him that was after his life. And then he said, he brought me out into a broad place, he rescued me. The broad place is when you have gone through a tough times, you know, difficult times, whether sickness or whether enemies, you know, and uh, whether finance, anything. A difficult place, all right? And, and God rescued you. God rescued you out of those places. Then He brings you to that broad place and it is in that broad place that you, like David, can offer up thanksgiving unto the Lord. Some of you need that broad place. You have been struggling for too long and God says, I'm going to rescue you and bring you out to that broad place. Are you still struggling? And you come to the end of the year, are you still struggling? May you declare the Lord is bringing me out to that broad place. He's rescuing me. He's healing me. He's providing for me. He's delivering me. The broad place. Hallelujah. He's, he will do that, brothers and sisters. The second place is the high place. The high place. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 19. The Lord God is my strength. He has made my feet like hinds feet and makes me walk on my high places. My high places. Now the hinds feet, we're talking about the deer's feet. And deer's feet are very, very solid. Although very small, but you find that they can climb high mountains. They can climb even on rugged, uh, ragged rocks, sharp rocks. And it will not injure them. They can climb up the mountains. And God will grant even those kind of a feet so that we can what? Walk on high places. Where is these high places? Yes, it may include material things, finance, position, you know, our status, and, and uh, 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 anything that we need in this life. Yes, those are some of the benefits of those high places. But more than that, the high places are the places where God dwells, where the presence of the Lord is. 
where we can have that intimacy with God in the high places of God. May this be your desire. Yes, the Lord will add all those material things and, and health that you need. You know, but more than that, I pray that when, you know, at the, at the, at the, at the entry of even 2019, our desire is for that to walk in high places with God. Oh, where we will have the revelation of God, where we will have the knowledge of God, where we will understand the purpose of God for our lives, where He will lead us. We will just say, yes, Lord, I will obey. My place is to obey you, dear Lord. I want that intimacy with you in the high places. The high places will not come will not be available for those who are constantly hooked even on their handphone, you know, all the time, Facebook and a chat group and all that 24 hours a day without spending time with the Lord. No, the high places will come for those who are willing to say, Lord, I will spend time with you. I will walk with you, the Lord. Lead me, lead me up to that mountain. I will soar with you, O Lord. I will spend time with you, O God. And God will grant you Hind's feet and you shall walk in high places not only with the Lord but in society as well you will walk in the high places in society, God will elevate you God will bless you, hallelujah praise the Lord so brothers and sisters the broad and the high places is where God has for you God's place for you shall we all stand together even right now